0: Southern Vanguard Radio, this is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man, South Memphis Meeks.
1: Homie, what's good? What's up, man? In the spring break, man. I'm i know. Good, I'm glad man. to be
0: back, man. I'm very glad to be back. That's what's up. Spent uh, spend a few days down in the panhandle. All right. The Redneck Riviera, if you will. The <laughs>
1: Redneck Riviera. <laughs>
0: Not the actual redneck. He Riviera. said it. I didn't. Not the actual redneck <laughs> Riviera, but it it, redneck. It, it 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 could be um it it could be considered that
1: redneck
0: Riviera. Yeah, nice, man, I, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spend a little time in L.A., Lower Alabama, getting, <laughs> Lower <getting> Alabama.
1: <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs>
0: All right. What about you, man? How was your break? Uh, No break. Well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we can we can move on. We can move on. We're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. We've been bitching about that enough already. Yeah, I
1: don't. I (laughs) have no words for that. Let's keep it moving.
0: All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, so let's get down to biz real quick before we kick things off. uh, If this is your first time listening, this is an interview session, and what that means is this dropped on a Thursday. So, uh, if this is the first time you're listening because you're a fan. Of uh, uh, Who we have on the phone with us tonight Yeah Then uh, you need to make sure you go back And check out all the other shit that we've been doing uh, Over the past 18 months or so
1: All fly shit
0: Southern Vanguard Radio has a mix show That drops on Tuesdays Every Tuesday Mm -hmm. An hour to 90 minutes You might get two hours sometimes The latest, greatest hip hop shit Cut up, sliced up like a real DJ should Fly shit Color commentary from myself and Mister Meeks over here. Yes, and then on Thursday we have an interview session, so mm-hmm. you get a little preview of what's to come on Thursday at the end of the ep- uh, the mix show on Tuesday. So that's we're right. banging in the head twice a week. You can what well, this week is what episode sixty six of the mix show, right, Meeks? Yeah, man. And then I think we're knocking on fifty some odd interviews now, right? That's I think crazy. We're pretty close.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So
0: we're we're easily one hundred and fifty hours of content to date over the yeah. past eighteen months. So. Uh, Anyway, go back and check that out. You're listening on one of these platforms right now, which would be iTunes, Podcast, SoundCloud, MixCloud, or Stitcher Radio. That's right. Or maybe a CD CD that somebody burned for you or maybe sent you an MP3. Illegal download. uh, Yeah, something. Who knows? So anyway, make sure you go check that out. Share, like, follow, subscribe. Please review. Please repost. We would really appreciate that. And with that... Let's get to our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah,
1: this man we got can be in your city, your state, your town on any given night, at any given time, at any given place in your city or state. Even at your mama' house,
0: he might he might be ready. He, he might be, outside be right outside.
1: Yeah, I think he. You know, he told us he was in one spot, but he could walk through this door right now, any moment. Yo, this is our brother. This is family right Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad we're talking to him tonight. Yo, Sai, what up? Yo, what
2: up, what up? Peace. John
0: peace.
1: Robinson. What's the deal? Yo,
2: everything's
1: great. Everything's That's what's great. up. That's what's
0: up. Or as we say in this circle, lickle Sai, Lickle Sai. <laughs> you know exactly. what it is. <laughs> so, Si, how are you, sir? Uh you, you just uh you just let the Knicks game, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. I literally, um, it's funny. I I confirmed with you guys the other day that all was good. And uh, my lovely lady surprised me with Knicks tickets last minute, last home game. So it was cool, man. Packed house. Real real exciting game. We didn't win, but we still had a good time. Was Spike Lee in there tonight? Um, Spike was not in there tonight. What?
0: Wow, that's kind of odd. Yeah, I didn't right. see
2: Spike. I definitely didn't see Spike.
0: Okay. So...
2: I thought it was dope, though, to see, like, Cayenne, uh, uh, Mellow's son, just kind of like using the garden as his own personal playground during halftime.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, yeah, play players are coming out. He's just high five and i'm like yo what up
0: man what about
2: <laughs> the way i'm trying to take the
0: shot right <laughs> so i'm like yeah what's, up? what's <laughs> up hey si how long have you been uh how long have you been a knicks fan forever
2: yo dude i've been coming to this garden at least since seven eight years old
0: man oh man wow, yeah, wow.
2: definitely yeah so i go back to like the trent tucker uh-huh. you know when ewing first got here Yeah, dude, yeah yeah kind of
0: wow okay so were, yeah, were, were, so, were you? Were, was your? Yeah, um,
2: I mean, I feel like the Knicks are not the team that you trendly like. You know, <laughs> like there's, nothing, there's no trend about the Knicks. Like you right. love them or you hate them.
0: Right, right. Like, period. Yeah. So, what what got you into that? Was that was that a uh, was that family or friends or just a New York yeah, thing? Was, or what was um, the deal?
2: Particularly, uh, my aunt, my aunt Sharon was huge basketball fan. She went to Seton Hall University and. It was like a, especially, I mean, still now, but there was, you know, a huge connection between Seton Hall and the Garden, and, you know, she would get little perks to get her in the Garden and eventually start taking me and I.D. Okay. You know, so Ah, we were in the Garden young, and she kind of just showed us, you know, what it was like to enjoy yourself at an NBA game.
1: That's what's up.
2: It was uh, there. It was a cool intro. So, yeah, it was kind of something that, I got into early and it's contagious, man. You get you get addicted to that orange and blue, man.
1: Yeah, no you doubt. <laughs> Yo, we know you uh, yeah. we know you attended the uh the Fife Dog Memorial. Did the did the Knicks um I guess tonight, I know I know probably over the past couple of games maybe they paid tribute yeah. to Fife Dog, but did they do anything tonight?
2: They didn't do anything tonight, but okay. um actually at the Fife Memorial they sent him uh a tribute jersey. Oh, you know, a, official okay. a jersey with his name on it, number five. You know, yeah. in the frame for the fan, and you know, so that was dope.
1: Dope, dope, dope.
2: For it up, but um, but yeah, the Knicks didn't really uh, rock out for Fife tonight, but I'm sure they did. And I did recently see that uh, a senator from Queens rocked out for fight the other day, which is real dope, oh, okay. right in the courtroom. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, Fife worldwide global phenomenon, right there.
0: Hell yeah, hell, hell yeah. 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 So, uh, so, so Jr., t- tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. H- how did you, um, how did you manage to to get to the memorial, and what what was that? What was that experience like? I mean, we've seen a lot yeah, of the,
2: the memorial. Yeah, it was powerful, man. Um, I managed to get there. Um, shoot, part of my growing up was in Queens, and my lady happened to be at. The uh, there was a memorial in the park the day before mm-hmm. in uh, St. Albans, Queens. Yeah. And in the park, they were giving out t shirts basically telling people, Yo, since y'all came out to really represent anyone who got this t shirt on tomorrow could get up in the spot at the Apollo. So I threw a shirt on and ran up in the spot, and it was definitely great to be a hole in the wall in there, yeah. You know, it's probably the illest display of love that I've seen maybe ever in one room. You know, it's just a lot of love in the room, man. And, yeah. you know, a lot of our heroes in the room just straight showing fight, tribute and love to the fan, man. And it was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was basically all of who's who in hip hop entertainment and the extended branches, you know, like. To name some, D'Angelo, Lauren Hill, Queen Latifah, oh. LL Cool J, Kanye West, uh, Grandmaster Flash, Chuck D, um, KRS One, Busta Rhymes, Angela Winbush, <sighs> The Roots. Damn. I mean the list goes on, man. Yeah. It was it was, crazy. it was basically like no no BS. It was like if someone just asked you, like yo just be outlandish with it. If you had a memorial tribute, like who would you want to be there? And you just wrote basically like just randomly people that you wouldn't even expect to show up. You
1: know what I'm saying? They was out there. Yeah, it was huge. That's crazy. So,
0: so what was it like from a crowd perspective there, uh, Cy? Like, well, you know, with, with all those guys there, was there like a, a separate entrance for them or what, what was the like?
2: Absolutely.
0: Okay. So it
2: was like, you know, the, the, Fans and you know general public was mainly in the upper and then you know gotcha. all of the all of the uh celebs and yeah. notables were down in the the bottom area
0: gotcha so i, I know yeah. i know you said you were you were impressed with the amount of love that they were showing but what was one of the things that surprised you the most was there a single incident um, or a single um uh, someone it was kind of
2: classic to hear Kanye shut down Peter Rosenberg digging up or comparing Tribe to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, like, so what Kanye was went up there and was basically like, "Dude, we don't want to hear Led. Zepp- we don't want to hear about Led Zeppelin at five funeral, man." Like, and just shut it down. And I guess his point was, "Eh, you can make that comparison to some, but if you really want to make a real comparison." You know, let it be to somebody who really, like, embodies that connection. And someone who, it's a a touchy thing, because when you are talking about Black music in America, you know, it doesn't get its full props ever. Right. It's like to be Mm. in that space and then take the props away again. Yeah, Kanye wasn't having that. (laughs) So that was pretty classic how he tastefully shut that down said his piece yeah. and brought it all back around full circle
0: to the love. Okay. So so JR, was it was it no. one of was it one of those things where when Rosenberg said that, you could tell the crowd was kind of like, what the fuck? Or or was it one of those things I, I where I think
2: it was one of those I think it was one of those things where the crowd probably thought it, but because of where we were, we were like, ah, you know what
1: let it slide whatever yeah. But, yeah
2: but of course Kanye West who the first thing that came out of his mouth was I wasn't asked to speak but it never stopped me any other time so I'm
1: here <laughs> that sound about right <laughs> yeah, but, you know,
2: yeah so you know it was it was definitely something that I could tell people thought but Kanye definitely made it a point to say nah we gotta shut that down yeah like, that's
1: not yeah i ain't feeling that <laughs> yo sir being a um being a new york native and um uh, and and definitely coming up in the time um probably the greatest time for hip hop uh just like me yeah. and john here what what can you speak to um what the what the native tongue movement and uh um a tribe called quest uh kind of meant to you and uh, uh for the most part meant to the city of new york during that heyday yeah
2: yeah I feel like it it um you know I like to use this phrase a lot. I feel like that whole era made it cool to be intelligent you mm. know um there was someone speaking on tribe particularly I can't remember recently, but I agreed with them when they said, yo, certain words that would come up certain way they certain ways they articulated things were very intelligent, witty, and smart, mm-hmm. and it was Almost a thing where, you know, you were like, damn, in hip-hop, okay, wow, we could use those words. We could actually sound intelligent and articulate ourselves this way and still get props. That's dope. Right. So I feel like Tribe tried brought that culture, and Native Tongue brought that culture to the forefront, and they made it okay to just be free with your expression. You know, I feel like they were that crew that you didn't necessarily have to box yourself into a certain way. You didn't have to wear a rope chain and a baseball cap to be a hip hopper. You could rock a dashiki and a kufi and, you know, beads and a medallion and yep. still be as prominent as, you know, the, the B-boy style of hip hop dress. Right. So I feel like they brought a lot, man. And for me personally, what Tribe brought was, they allowed me to see a perspective of different vocal tones and cadences with vocals. Mm-hmm. And I learned to embrace my own voice hearing groups like Tribe, you yeah. know? Tip's voice right. was different than hearing a rock hymn or a KRS-One yeah. or a, a Coogee Rap or Big Daddy Kane, you know? Right. So, with Dog, so it was Spice Dog. So it's like hearing them and hearing that back and forth flow with these different style of voices, yeah, yeah. that was inspiring for me personally.
1: Yeah, I think I think no. what inspired me most about uh, groups like a tribe called Quest and uh, and and Native Tongue in general, I think that was like my first real, real, real introduction to jazz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, I was
2: gonna and,
3: say that. Yeah, yeah.
1: and wanting yeah. to know, you know, where they got that from. Where did they get these these horns from? or where did this sound come yeah, from? It was like it was very jazz influenced, and uh, never never associated. I never personally associated jazz with just some cool shit, you know what I'm saying? Like damn, that's yeah. that's jazz, you know what I'm saying? Like they they I like this shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I need to yeah. I need to yeah. I need to do some studying or whatever. Yeah, I, for me, you know, and 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 you know, you could say people say childhood, when I when I when I hear the word childhood, it makes me think about the early days of life, you know, from year one to maybe year nine or 10, (laughs) but, but, but as far as hip hop concern, I think they were a main factor, a major influence in my hip hop childhood, just growing up in the culture and and learning more about the music and coming into myself as far as, you know, my, the role I play in hip hop. I just, I just appreciate them for that. That shit really fucked with me, man. uh to wake up that day and and hear that, that Fife had transitioned, man. I was just like, damn. Like out yeah, of everybody, man. everybody that's kicking a the bucket these days, and it's a lot of motherfuckers getting up out of here, I was not ready for 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 the fife dog pull out. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. Crazy. Indeed, indeed.
2: And you know, I can tell just from, you know, following them on social media and running into him occasionally, I could tell he was really on mission to do a lot of things. Man. Oh, yeah. He had, like, a lot of, you know, just new energy. Yeah. And, you know, new fire under his feet. And you could tell, man, he was moving around.
3: Yeah.
2: And really planning to unfold a lot of moves. But in my opinion, that's the beauty of the music, you know, and being able to stamp yourself in to a point where, even if you're not physically here... Mm-hmm. You're probably here more than you've ever been.
3: Yeah. You know, just because
2: of your legacy and how hardcore you stamped yourself in. You know. Someone the other day I was having a conversation. Someone was like, Yo man, scenario might be one of the most important hip hop videos of all time. And I was like, yo, I can't really argue with you too much on Mm -hmm. that, you know, just because of that era in time and that song and just And how it was many, just so
1: much going on with that that record yeah. in general, you know? But You're how talking, many
2: people yeah. you say, you know, yo, I'm I'm in the classroom these days. You yeah. know, I've been teaching school and yo know, in Brooklyn, New York to my twelfth grade class, I said, yo, a tribe called Quest. Who knows it? Crickets. No one knew. Yeah. In <laughs> oh, Brooklyn, man. New York City in 2016. <laughs> But when I said, here we go, yo, here we go, yo, say what, say what, so what's the... And they knew, scenario, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, a lot of times you don't know the crews, but the songs are so huge, of course you've heard them, Mm
1: -hmm. you know what I'm
2: saying? And. Scenario is one of those songs that even if you're not necessarily a hip hop head, you still you
0: know that record. record. Yeah, you know
2: what
1: I'm yeah. It's, it's that big,
0: definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That story that that uh that Three Stacks was telling about uh, rapping over the Scenario remix to Rico Wade. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly. ill. That was that's so crazy. ill. That yeah. was so ill. It, it's so interesting how many um. How much how how much stuff and how many stories and how many like incredible things come out when something this monumental yeah. happens, you know? It's um
2: Exactly,
0: exactly. It's really bugged out. And 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 you know, it's it's kinda weird too, man. You 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 mentioned John, you know, talking about being in education and when Fife passed, I was thinking about I was th- actually thinking about my kids and I'm and I was thinking about like, you know, wow, like I mean from a hip hop perspective. Yeah. I I really haven't introduced them to like the full gamut yet. So my oldest kid's 10, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's listening to, you know, I play hip hop instrumentals for him and, you know, he's 10 years old. So he hears all this crazy shit that's on the radio or whatever. And so I'm just yeah, like, yeah. A- after he passed, I, I was just like, you know what? And they, they were just talking about how, I don't know, someone was given a just kind of their perspective on Tribe. And uh, one thing that in in particular They were talking about Was how um, How controlled the language was um, Just from a cursing standpoint And actually I I think it kind of pushed me over the edge I was like you know what I think I'm about to introduce My son to Tribe And just give him the whole shit I'm just going to load up his whole shit And be like look man This is the shit you need to know Like, You just got to go Just start here right Yeah Like it, it's just bugged out how things like that happen, and you know you're, you know it kind of makes you think about other things in different in a different context. it's, it's really funny wild. you
1: it's funny you mentioned that homie because cause Tribe was one of the one of the records I could play around my folks. Right. Um, right, right. I tried to play N.W.A. around and <laughs> and my mama snatched the tape out the tape deck and threw that shit out the window. Yeah I had
0: to hide my. I mean, <laughs>
1: truth,
2: truth, truthfully, Meeks because of. That dynamic. Yeah. It took me a while to even really embrace NWA's music because I was upset at the fact that every time I played it, there was an issue. Yeah. Family members. Right. And I'm like, damn, I play (laughs) hip hop all the time. And I never get screened on. The moment I put on NWA,
1: it's a problem. It's
2: like Mom Dukes is not hearing that, man. It was a
0: big problem.
2: (laughs) And it was like it took me a while to embrace them because of that.
0: Yeah. I got Straight you. So, Sai, being you're a yeah. big, being you're a big jazz head, what were, 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 were you? Were you into like? Did you have family members that were into jazz kind of prior to Tribe or is Tribe? What got you heavy Definitely. into jazz or what? What was the? Wh- yeah,
2: nah, my grandfather. I mean, that's all he played. You know, um, okay, all he played was jazz. You know, when we got in the car, took rides with him, whether it was a quick ride right to, you know go food shopping or something all the way down to a nice little ride, you know, two hour ride to visit family. He was always playing jazz and I can remember a conversation where, you know, I kinda laughed at it a little bit and was joking around. I was probably about ten years old. And, you know, I was like, yo, Pops, why are you always playing this elevator music, man? It don't got no soul to it, you know? And then, you know, me being ignorant to it, you know, I was like, this is not even really the music we should be listening to. (laughs) And he laughed. But he, you know, he started to school me on it and put me up. And he was like, yo, don't get it. He told me a while back. He said, don't get it twisted. He said, these cats weren't square just because they had suits and ties on. That was just the dress, the style of dress at the time. He said, yo, these were the hippest cats. Ever. Of that time. You know, <laughs> you know, these were the innovators. These yeah, are cats yeah. who literally took it to levels where things they were doing didn't exist the same way before they did it. You know, so he really put it into perspective for me early to visualize. I remember him telling me, yo, when you're listening, you should be listening to hear what are all the instruments being played. Right. You know, if you hear a horn, what kind of horn is it? Is it a sax? Is it a trumpet? You know, is it a trombone? What kind of horn are you hearing? Right. You know, is that an upright bass or not? You know, is there a guitar on this song or no? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of put in perspective for me early to appreciate what I was hearing more because I I I wasn't hip. And once he hit me to what actually was happening, who was playing the music, even the simple things of the fact that the musicians, most of the musicians he was listening to, look like us. Yeah. You know, right, and right, right. I didn't necessarily know that before he told me that to start showing me. So yeah, I would say he hit me early and then by the time it got to tribe, it just kind of was, yeah.
0: Now, was now did so, so what was your grandfather's go-to? Like what was his shit?
2: Um, that's a great question. I feel, I would say Duke Ellington, man. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, Duke Ellington, because he would always talk about how Duke was the cat who, you know, yo, he was in, like, the 20s moving around with a big band of musicians. Right. Like, that wasn't no easy set, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: There
1: were cats
2: in that time, shoot, you could not move around as one of two people. Yeah. And actually make it happen, and he was moving around the whole caravan of yeah, making it happen, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Yep. And although he had to, um, you know, he went through his time, but he had to like leave New York and go back to D.C. and kind of replenish and get his thing going again. But once he came back, that's what introduced the world, I feel, to like, you know, the big band and Duke Ellington's situation, right. you know, but. I feel yeah, Duke Ellington.
1: That's what I would say. Yo, that's it's it's I funny you mentioned most. uh, it's funny you mentioned Duke Ellington in D.C. side just uh, a couple of weeks ago I saw a uh, notification that they closed in the uh, the caverns.
3: Uh,
1: exactly. You remember that on spot New we New caverns, met up? We yeah. met up uh on on a on a whim one night out in D.C. Me and you. I exactly. uh, bumped exactly. in. I bumped in the side. He was like, Meeks what you doing?" I was like, "Man, what the <laughs> fuck you doing in DC? What was this?" I didn't yes. even exactly. this was. Uh, this was probably, man, six uh, years 2006? ago, maybe. Six. Yeah, this was a minute ago.
2: 2007? Yeah, yeah this like, was a while ago. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something
1: like yeah. that. Yeah, it was crazy. That's what I was saying. I say this is
2: like I was fresh back, living on the East Coast again. Okay. From uh, from the West Coast, yeah. So probably like
1: '07. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You could, you, you could find side anywhere and anytime, man. That's that's <laughs> some. That's something I I yeah. definitely respect about your your hustle, no your hustle side. You get out here and get it, man.
2: Uh, and you know what's crazy when I think about it. It feels like yeah, it feel it feels crazy, man. It feels like yesterday when I think about Atlanta, you've been living in yeah. Atlanta. It doesn't seem that long ago, but it that wasn't that was
1: long ago. Nah, it wasn't that long ago. ago.
0: Yeah, hey, Si, I, I don't think I don't think I know the answer to this. But what brought you guys to Atlanta? I mean, I know we're jumping all over the place right now, but I mean, what what nah, is it? No, nah, the- that's cool. Yeah, well, now,
2: what what brought us to Atlanta is I feel shoot, one of the most innovative, creative, independent record deals of its time of its kind at the time, I would say. Um, working with Big Just and Subverse Music, we just decided, you know, we had this meeting and we were all up here and we just decided, like, yo, we, we approached Just and the label and, you know, was trying to figure out if there was a way to move to the southeast and form like a satellite location for the label, have access to a vehicle to be able to expand to other places like Tennessee, like Alabama, like Florida, the Carolinas, you know, uh, New Orleans, etc. And we really had a plan and a mission just to go there, build this satellite office and really work on our crafts like a nine to five. So the deal was buying ourselves the time to learn what we needed to learn. But when we first moved there, we lived in Noonan, about 25 miles out the city. Yeah, like a 3,500 square foot loft. And our daily situation was basically we woke up in the morning. We all went to the park or the gym. We worked out a little bit, came home, got together, ate breakfast, sat, built, had a meeting. And then we all broke off into our respective fields. So Willoughby was usually on the Photoshop and the graphics of some sort and making beats as well. I was usually on the phones, making retail calls, doing a lot of the internet stuff, the email list and all of that. Four Winds was making beats. Chain mm-hmm. was on the video editing, you know. And, yeah, we were just, like, forming a team and building team early and having this perspective of, like, yo, it's going to turn into this DIY situation And those who don't take the time to actually hands-on learn how to do this, they're not going to know how to survive later. And I see a lot of that happening now. And I give thanks that I was able to be a part of that school and actually empower myself to the point where I feel like there's nothing, there's no part of this that I don't physically know how to do, even if I'm not a master of it. I know how Mm. to do it and what it takes to Mm. get it done. And I feel like that's that's been the most
1: powerful part of the Atlanta move, but that's big. That's big, what it's about. It's that's about big being man. That's big. Innovative and
2: just experimenting on this unique deal.
1: I don't and even think I knew that. I, <laughs> I don't either. So, so side for our listeners. That's crazy.
0: So, for our listeners, two things: one, ar- around what time was this? Like, what what year was this? And two, why did you want to go to the southeast specifically?
2: Um. Well, it was circa ninety nine two thousand and okay. southeast because we visited to do a show um early ninety nine like i want to say it was like february march ninety nine i remember it was like a big ice storm out there and mm-hmm. frank frank one fifty one brought us down to do a show at uh, m j q
1: yo that okay. was uh and, that know, was we... science of life lines then i remember that i was exactly. there yeah <laughs> i exactly. was there i was in there. That's the hell
2: yep yeah, no doubt. Vincus was there, Hemisphere Packed was there.
1: Out. Packed out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that kind of like showed us, like, wow, you know. And then honestly, we start looking around at the numbers and we start really peeping out, like, yo, where we live right now, if we moved here, we would be paying half of what we're paying right now. Mm-hmm. And we're not depending on the job economy of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? The money was coming from the music deals and the scenarios we were working with. So we felt like, yo, if we could move and actually successfully do this, what we would spend for this whole year would allow us to live there for two years. Mm. And we just did the math and said, you know what, let's make this move because we were living really in a mindset of we bought ourselves time to figure out how to actually do this thing for real you know? And it's like, this is the time we have invest wisely. You know, all of us usually were, you know, very mindful of how we were spending our money. You know what I'm saying? We weren't just blowing the money on dumb shit. You know, we, we were told right from the beginning when we signed the deal, you could take this money and go to some of the biggest studios in New York and Atlanta right now and record your record or, You could go to Sam Asher Guitar Center and buy your own equipment and record this record and plenty others and teach yourself how to record yourself.
0: That's what what we did. Yeah. So, Sai, how do you you know Juss? I mean, I I think I know how or I I could could probably guess. But how do you know Juss and how did that relationship form?
2: I feel like. Ultimately, it formed once Signed for Life started working with uh Bobbito and Fondulum Records. You know, like that debut, to debut on Bobito's Fondulum Records in 1996 was literally like getting your, you know, hip-hop G-card, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. your underground G-card. Because at that moment, it literally took the group from us scowling the scenes of local tri-state area to international levels you know so we were rubbing elbows now with company flow with arsonist with ms doom with talin kwali and most def and you know all of these peeps who were in that realm and i can remember talking to Coflow flow specifically and big just telling the group like yo man i just came back from italy japan and paris and they're playing your records out there y'all need to make it out there Da-da-da-da. And from that day, I remember exchanging info, and I would always call him here and there just to pick his brain about different things. And one day he told me about this label, because before Subverts, he got us a different deal at this label called 321 Records. Um, It was like a subsidiary of this, yeah, it was like a rock label called Touchwood Zero Hour. Yeah. So 321 Records literally, um, you know, we signed a situation with them. They gave us some of the advance. We started getting in motion and they literally went bankrupt. Like the company mm. folded in probably three or four months. And luckily, the lawyer we were working with at the time put a clause in the contract that if they breached and weren't able to release the project they, had, they agreed to, we wouldn't owe them anything back. So that was a nice cool boost. And everything was then, it was about, Mastering and understanding that, yo, this is not your money. You have to put it back in to actually make it turn it into something that can mean something, you know, at some point. But at this very moment, this is not your money to just chill with and buy whatever you want. If you're spending it, you're making an investment that nurtures the production of the project.
0: You know what I'm saying? So it's
2: the production (laughs) of the brand.
0: So was Subverse born out of the ashes of 321 or was that a completely separate deal, no, completely separate Sub- group?
2: Okay. Subverse was Big Just showing his mastermind skills of being able to talk to investors and allow them to pull out a checkbook and spend a lot of money and get labels started.
1: And we're talking so about a lot of money, just, right? Just
2: had, yeah. The Subverse had a, shit. He had a, he had a nice... Get the gab, man. He was able to talk that talk to the right people and get them to understand at the time how big it was. Because that's the thing, too. We're talking about a time where CDs independently did really sell. Vinyl really did sell. And there was this thriving market for independent underground hip hop. Yeah, there was data,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, here's the the data. Show it it to an investor. All right. Yeah, we put this much in. We'll get this much out. Exactly. We're good
2: to go. And it didn't hurt yeah. that just had the credentials with Cold Flow through Raucus really without yes. even having the full push. Because if you notice yeah. CoFlow with Raucus at the time, they were one of the early groups. So by the time Raucus became what everyone else knows as Raucus, Flow wasn't even on the label anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah, it was pretty impressive what they were able to do from that small booth but on their own. And I feel like that allowed him to walk in a lot of doors and talk that talk and have people pay attention and listen.
0: That's dope. Now you know? who who was the crazy one that first said, Hey, we need to move down south? Was there one person or was um, there a-
2: No, I think it was a collective man. We, oh, was, okay. we were ready to get out of because New I York. guess ultimately we realized, you know what, maybe this isn't our comfort zone right now but in order to really expand this thing how would it hurt to move somewhere else even if it was just for a year establish ourselves build community wherever we are and branch out and get it to a point where people know us hear of us and see us in other places that we wouldn't otherwise be and then that's what kind that same energy is what allowed me to later say yo i'm going to la
3: Mm-hmm. And started
2: working with shaman work right. in L.A. Yeah, right. so yeah, it was it was a continuum. But the the Atlanta thing was a collective thing, just because we went down there a year before we actually moved, and yo, we saw the potential.
0: Yeah, you know, so Definitely. so Sida to step back, you know, just a few steps. How did you meet Bob? Then, like, how did that relationship start, Bobito?
2: Um. Yeah, that's a good question. The the world-famous, legendary New Eurekan Poets Cafe, actually. Oh, um Barbito yeah. used to host a showcase or two showcases that still go to this day. He doesn't host them anymore, but one called Words and one called All That. And, you know, they were open mic showcases. And one, one actually had a live band. And you would go to this showcase. I would frequent both of them. And one day I said, you know what, man, I'm going to bring a tape. And uh, if I if my name gets picked today, I'm going to hand Bob Bapito a tape. Because basically how they did it, they had a hat with names in it written on paper, and they would pick out names. And it's crazy. Like, every time I went, I feel like my name got picked. This mm. particular night, my name did get picked. Ironically, they had extra 10 minutes at the end. So Bob's like, yeah, I'm going to pick a couple more names. He picked another name. It wasn't my name. The last name he picked was my name. So I got uh. up there, rocked a little something at the end. It was like, yo, Bob, man, I got a tape. Some of my group. Check it out if you get a moment. And just stepped off. And I feel like it was a week, maybe a little more than that later, Came home to a voicemail, a uh, message on my answering machine. That's how long ago this, this was. This was when we actually machine. had an external <laughs> answering machine with the tape, you know, the
1: yeah. little mini cassette. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, was it the so, mini cassette or the full size cassette, yeah. in The nah, machine. Little, little mini cassette. <laughs> little mini I you know, Got
2: home, listened to that message probably about ten times straight. Hell you know, yeah, I was like wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was it was classic because anyone who knew Fondulum for real knew that Bobbito didn't release one piece of music on Fondulum that he didn't personally That's love. Right. Mm. You know, so it was just, it was an honor to be a part of that. And it really ushered us into, I feel like, a community that allows us to still be, a part of today and do business. Yeah, still,
3: absolutely.
0: You know,
2: still travel to places in that same name. You know, so yeah, we yeah. Definitely that put give you. Thanks for that.
0: Yeah, that put you guys in a space-time continuum that basically will never end. At least in, yeah, at least exactly. in, the, you know, the, the, this kind of a media circle. Yeah. So, did you run into Doom through Bob and Finalum, or when you got down to Atlanta?
2: Yes. Nah, through Well, it's funny, kind of both. It's funny, okay. uh, we met Doom briefly one day uh, visiting Barbito's store in New York um, to handle some bids with the record. And he asked us, did we ever meet Doom? And we said no. And he was like, yo, he just left. He's trying to catch a cab. So we run out and we see Doom, like literally up the block, about to get in the cab. We chase him down just to say what's up, you know, introduce ourselves, whatever, and peace out. And it wasn't until that show at MJQ, when we got to the sound check, Doom was outside front. We were like, yo, what are you doing here? He's like, yeah, I live out here. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. So by the time we moved there, that's when we really, really got to connect and, you know, really take it to the next level.
0: Uh so I, I gotta oh, this tell this so fucking wild. I got I gotta, I, I gotta tell this story real quick. Oh, I know we our listeners are probably like, what the fuck? We're all over the map right yeah, here. We're yeah. we're probably leaving out a and, lot of And shit. like I
1: said, people, this 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 guy, JR, John Robinson, Lil side we talking to, this is family right here. Yeah, so so, we're all over the map right so now. So we 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 all over the place right now. It's crazy. He in the ATM room right now. Folks <laughs> is getting money and all kinds of shit, but You we we talking to a family (laughs) member right now, so please bear with us,
0: please. So one of one of my one of my one of my more infamous stories, at least personally, and you know probably to you know my immediate circle circle of friends, it's fairly well known that I'm not a smoker. And you you know which which what story I'm getting ready to tell? Hell
1: yeah! Because Sai was there. He <laughs> exactly, know this story.
0: exactly. So I I am not a smoker in any sense of the word that you can possibly imagine. Right. So that being said, there have been a couple of times where I've been in certain situations where I may have smoked without you know smoking contact, if you will, contact high, if you will. So. One of those times happened to be when I was at Doom's crib. Were you with me? Yeah, me, you, You, Coop. Me, yeah, that's right. Me, you, Coop. Rolled over the Doom. Science of life was already there. We we walk in. Yep. And, dude, that was one of the densest, heaviest, like, it was partly
1: cloudy when we walked in oh there. Oh, My already. God, man! <laughs>
0: Yo, it was. No doubt, it was. No doubt, it was. I mean, I, I didn't even. I couldn't even see, man. you yeah. could have cut that. Cut the smoke in there with a fucking knife, yeah, man. man.
1: And it was. It was an ill yeah. night. It was an ill <laughs> night because we got a chance to see how Doom works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and even yeah. even iller than that, y'all had just got back from. Um, I, I think Montreux.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. y'all yeah. was uh, and yeah. y'all was
1: watching the video footage from your Montreux performance, um, and what? you had the ill jam master J story uh, to tell me from that yeah, trip. Man. Share that, share that story real quick, sir. Is that
0: the first time I met you, met you, sir? I think that is the first time I met you. Now that I think about it,
2: maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Ill, but yeah, the J, the JMJ story. Long story short, um, July. 20, no, July, 2001, Um, Science to Life was flying out of New York on the way to the Montreux Jazz Fest in Switzerland. And we met Jam Master Jay like getting on the plane because Run DMC was actually one of the headliners that year. And, yo, classic story, man. You know, we get off the plane. We're trying to find a taxi. We get to the hotel and we run into JMJ outside where all the taxis were and he's like oh man where y'all staying when we told him the hotel he's like oh yeah that's right up the street from mine i've been in the city at least 12 other times you know yeah y'all can roll with me i got a car you know so he had a card cat pulls up we get in and you know i just felt the need to tell him i'm like oh man i know this cat's brother i probably should say that so i was like yo jay man i know your brother marv man he was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, man. Uh, my peeps from the Bronx, DL. He introduced me to your brother Marv Mizell, man, and we chilled it quite a few times, man. That's a real good brother." Da-da-da-da. So he just turned off the music. He was like, "Yo, i I'm however many miles away. I'm sitting in the car with a group I just met and." You just changed everything by telling me you knew my brother, man. Wow. He, I, he wound up calling his brother when he got back to the hotel. Marv told him, you know, how we met.
1: Wow.
2: Yo, he wound up coming to our sound check. So it was literally what? just the sound technicians and all the peeps in the venue and Jam Master Jay standing in the audience That's watching that. the sound check. Yo. Dope. After we were done, yo, we hung with him for the whole week, man. He treated us like fam and just took us around and, yeah, it was real powerful building with him. He mm-hmm. shared he shared a lot, man. He, he shared things I can't front. One of the things he shared, we laughed at him. He said, yo, I'm working with a, a rapper right now that I feel like is going to be one of the biggest cats in the game real soon. And we were like, who? And he said, 50 Cent. And we laughed. Because that's the damn. time, you know. 50 had like one song. Yeah, He's like, come on,
1: G. Holy how to Rob, right? Was it How to Rob? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how yeah, to yeah. Rob. Yeah.
2: That's the only song, you know. But but it was ill he shared that you know he shared that he was working on a lot of film stuff in australia and in europe and he just had a lot of solid plans man so that was definitely tragic you know just because yeah man he, he was a visionary and you could tell he had a lot that he wanted to still accomplish and that time got cut short unfortunately
1: no doubt
0: now si you is know? that is that from End your up. time uh is that from your time uh living in queens you mentioned that earlier um is that how you how you ran into his brother, or
2: no, I ran into his brother from another friend of mine um who's really good friends with his brother that I knew from the Bronx oh
3: uh, okay,
2: who actually was yeah he was kind of like a a mentor to me low key is someone who was older that I would always ask a lot of industry questions to uh my peeps d l and he knew Marv, and you know we would hang with Marv, and one day he was like, "Oh, you know Marv is Jam master Jay's brother right I was like, what? <laughs> no, I didn't know that oh, crazy oh, and it was yeah, so it was it just happened there you know it was like i chilled with this cat five six times, and didn't even know who he was, really
1: mhm I You
0: him. know, but yeah,
1: so si, speaking of the yeah. bronx you 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 got you got roots there That's, um is, is that like um?" Uh, born and raised in the Bronx what's what's, uh, yeah, what's your well, tie to the that's, Bronx that's
2: my birthplace I, uh-huh. I wouldn't say raised fully just because we moved around so I was definitely born in the Bronx stayed there until about six years old uh-huh. and you know moved to uh, shoot believe it or not Maryland for a second okay. like in Landover Maryland area and came back to New York and was in Far Rockaway Queens okay and chill there to probably early high school. Then I moved back to the Bronx. Okay. Um, and I would say yes. Yeah, senior year of high school is when I moved to New Jersey.
1: What part of Jersey?
2: New Jersey, Central New Jersey, Cent- Piscataway, New Jersey,
1: Piscataway, All yeah, right. We didn't-
2: yeah, so we did. We did the flow joke now in Fat Joe's song. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could do it this way. I could do it that way. I could rock it all the way from Bronx to Piscataway. Yeah. That's what we did.
1: All right. we went from
2: the Bronx to Piscataway. Yeah, so right, so. we did the flow joke. Right. and it was cool, man. It was. I feel like Piscataway, New Jersey, and Central New Jersey is what what gives science to life. The you know, it it kind of felt like living in queens again in a weird way because you know it was houses it was neighborhoods right yeah it was uh you know driving culture and things like that but it was slower than new york so it allowed us to kind of just sit and breathe and take it all in and i feel like without that move science of life sounds a little different and how things play out may be different the Mm -hmm. name might not have been the same you know i felt like that move did a
0: lot okay why is that? Uh, expand on that a little bit, sir, in regards to the name.
2: Per- perspective, um, you know, I was in New York City where it was very diverse, but at the same time, I was living in a time where most of my friends didn't live with both of their parents. Mm. Most of my friends, you know, didn't have access to resources. Like, soon as you are seventeen, you have a driver's license and you have a car, you know, or you're given certain responsibilities or you, you know, you got a dad who's actually raising you to be a man from young. We didn't have that perspective. And then when we moved out there, our friends were different. It's like all of our friends had two parents in their households. All of right. our friends, as soon as they were 17, had a driver's license and a car to drive. And, mm. you know, just it was a different perspective of life. And it just gave us a more positive outlook of family and, being raised up and even with education it was different. I felt like there were less people in the classroom in Jersey. It allowed us to focus more. Mm. There were better programs. The computers were newer, you know, we had yeah. driver's ed. So I was so well prepared for my driving situation in comparison to my New York friends. I barely studied and got a 98 on the written test. That's boom, boom, you know
1: That's and I
2: have New York friends that are my age who never even got their license
1: yeah right.
2: they right. born and raised in the city and they didn't need it they ain't need it yeah there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of things that I felt like growed us to a level that allowed our perspective to grow and shine to life. That name was chosen because we wanted something that was universal and something that related to everybody. and we feel like everyone who's on the planet is living, and they need to know how life works. You know, and there's so many aspects of life. It's not just life from the hip hop perspective, it's life in general. You know, there's always cause and effect. So that name was something that we chose because we wanted it to be a name that didn't just exist for that time. It could be a name that if you said it anywhere or at any time, it still meant something.
0: Now, how old were you when you figured the name out? Um, like when was this, was this high school? Or? I would
2: say, yeah, late high school, right after high school. Because so, before, before Sci- science of life actually comes from another name. Uh, ID had a group before science of life called KBM Soul, knowledge being manifested through the science of life.
3: Oh,
2: and yeah, so the name kind of was adopted from that, but the meaning was more like, yo, we need, and it's funny, we had the name because ID already had the name, but we were looking for a name that described this thing that, you know, this universal, it connects to everybody. And when that came up, we're like, oh, wow, that's the name. That's it. Sol. So, you know?
0: so, so ID had the, um, ID had a group before. Um,
2: before Science of Life. Yeah.
0: Okay, so was before
2: Science of Life, we, me and ID had a group called GBS, which was God Body Science mm, okay. or God Body Soldiers, and then before that was KBM Soul, it was a group with ID, um, Sirrek Seven and Razik, and they were called KBM Soul, and this was like circa 89, 90. 89, oh you
1: know? shit! You know? Wow!
0: And, Crazy. You know, Crazy. Up. I was bugged out. What were you going to say, me This you
2: going to Yeah, this is a time where KBM so started Real Talk, like, you know, pause tapes from, like, tribe Beats or pause tapes from KMD Beats or, you know, uh. just whatever. Whatever Cats could get their hands on, they would just flip in little breaks of the tapes and add into it, and it was kind of interesting how these beats were coming together. You know, like, just a lot of... uh Really using, when I think about it, we were using boom boxes as the studio. Yeah. You know, it had the, the mic. You could plug in the mic right oh, into the back.
1: absolutely.
2: And yeah,
1: it
2: was like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the
1: studio. That was the uh, recording yeah. studio. Yo, sticking with, with jumping all over the place, man, where, where will it be at, man? I see, I see, I see, yeah, ID, man. I see ID all on IG and I, I think I just recently leaked up with him on, on Facebook or yo, whatever. Yo, ID's I, uh, Instagram
0: yeah. page yo, is he, the chain, man. He,
1: wow, ID wow for life, <laughs> yeah. man. But where, <laughs> yeah. where's exactly. Willoughby? Where's Willoughby sure, he's at?
2: He's telling people the real science of life.
1: Oh, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, a, and a couple of well, other sciences you, too. <laughs> you know
2: what? Willoughby, man, I... Yo, I wish I could answer that question. It's it's literally to the point where I have not seen or spoken to Inspector Willoughby, and this might be year number six. Wow, wow, literally, man. yeah. And I know he's alive and breathing because people have seen him, but okay, yeah, he he has not been in touch. Like no one, I don't easily know where he is. I don't
1: have his phone number. I don't.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't have any contacts. Wow. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yo, then was, um, I mean, was. I mean, I
2: kind of look at it more like. I'm. Yeah, I'm just hoping to randomly run into him or hear from him.
1: If there. anybody can do it, it's it you, does. man. If anybody, if, if yeah. anybody can pull that off, it's you. Yo, I just remember yeah. the times over at uh, Mellow's crib out in Ellenwood, oh, man. man. Those oh. was uh, those was great times oh, for yeah, all man. of us, man. Yeah, man. I think we Definitely. all grew up a little bit around that time, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
2: Nah, we, we called that uh, Prosperity Palace.
1: Prosperity there Palace. There you
2: go. <laughs> the tri- the yeah, trillionaire click.
0: Oh man. Exactly. <laughs> I got, the prosperity I got Palace. Yeah,
2: Peace to Mellow. Peace yeah, to mellow. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah Absolutely. Man. Peace to Mellow. Peace to, man, that, that whole exp- Man, for me personally, I got hands-on lessons on the VS-1680 yep. from... Sai from ID four wins. Yep. MF yeah. MF Doom and Count Base D all in that time period, man. I yep. mean, that shit is priceless to me, man. Yo, I mean, like, Psy,
1: y'all, was the, uh, y'all was the first cast to hear the uh the prophetics high risk album.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Friend, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Right there, right there in Mellow's <laughs> living room. Yeah,
3: right.
2: I don't I don't know if John Doe knows this, but John Doe is the first cat to kind of put me an ID onto like how to get those drums sounding bigger, like chopping those breaks. And oh, really yeah? Taking those drums, like, yeah. Because before that, like, we were, like, experimenting more with, like, modules and sound modules. Like, we had the, the VS, I mean, the Roland V drums, the brain to it. So we would, like, create drums with that and sample that. And, yeah, it wasn't until ah. we went over the crib one day, man, and we were sampling a bunch of drum breaks and... When we started playing with those drums when you left. We heard the sound. Like, damn, you didn't see how big these drums are. Yeah. Like, yo, we playing around. We need to be sampling and chopping these brakes. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah, it put it put us there for a while. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Stuck there. yeah, those yeah. good times. Was, so. that, those, those were really good times man I'm I'm really grateful and thankful for those times on, a, yeah. on a number of levels oh yeah absolutely yeah man so so si, si, why'd you yeah. why'd you why'd you end up bouncing from ATL was that was that around the time uh things with science kind of uh science of life kind of started dwindling down and you just pushed out to LA or yeah
2: like science moved um Willoughby moved back to Jersey for move for wins moved back to Jersey and I had a great opportunity man I started uh helping build shaman work recordings with uh, partner Chris Craft and Lamar Cry. down in yeah. Atlanta. Yeah,
3: that's
2: right. And there was yeah. an opportunity to move to L.A. and kind of start things going out there. And I jumped on that opportunity, man. I, I took a visit to L.A. and yo, the first place I went was uh, Lamert Park. I saw all these people out there. And I'm just like, yo! I wonder what's going on. I just, I, I smelt the hip hop. I didn't know what was happening, <laughs> but I'm like, yo, I smelled hip hop like it was barbecue, man. Yeah,
0: then, it's you know, like it hip hop heaven out there. in LA, bro. Exactly. Gotta, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but then, you know, I go to the gate where the door was for the place, and I'm like, yo, man, what's going on tonight? It's like, oh, yeah, we have this event, Project Blow, da da wow. like, oh, okay, word. Mm. And then, you know, I'm talking to the cat, who, you know, actually ends up being Ross G., when I'm talking oh, to him, I'm shit. like, he's like, oh, where you do music? I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I do a crew on the East Coast Science of Life. And before I can even finish the name, the door opens and they invited me in. Like, yo, you uh, know, science of life, you know, and it was just so much love. And my trip there, I feel like in a week, it was just so many confirmations of me needing to be out west. Yeah. You know, the first one being they messed up my rental car when I got out there and I was sitting in the rental car place for like an extra hour. (laughs) And just as I was about to get really irate and upset, the manager comes out and hands me keys to a drop top Mustang that just came in (laughs) brand new. And was like, yo, we're not even going to charge you what we were going to charge you. We're going to cut it in half just for your inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah. When I pulled out onto the one ten freeway. Oh in that yeah, car. Was that like, was it.
1: Oh,
0: that's,
2: a that's a wrap. That, I think that's what did it.
1: That's, that's a hell cool. of an intro <laughs> to yeah, L.A. right there, dude.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, like, I could do this.
1: Yeah. I could totally do yeah. this.
2: And yeah, that that was another brilliant time because you know I made that move, but it was right at the time that Doom was uh working on Mad Villain. Mm-hmm. You know, it was right at the time that Dilla started visiting LA heavy. So I got to meet yeah. still on several occasions,
1: Okay, oh. you know, and it, it was just
2: a ill time, you know, it was like, I met flying Lotus before he was flying Lotus and even helped inspire him to get his thing going. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Meeting Ross G early in his career, meeting blue and exile and Aloe black early in their career, wow. you know, co-executing producing their first record, you know, and just really, Hitting the ground running out there. Like it was pure business. I was out there on a mission. Like, yeah. yo, I learned all of this stuff and I've been through all of this and experienced so much, I want to put this thing in action. And that's what the LA thing was about. Okay. Like really like showing and proving and putting that stuff in action. And it was a powerful time.
1: Now you got like a um a second coming of your your LA movement out there right now, if I'm not mistaken. Is that um is that what's going on with water the plants?
2: Yes, sir. Exactly. Okay. So that's really, you know, nurturing a scenario with peeps that I've been building with there since living there. You mm-hmm. know, so the Water the Plants folks are peeps that I've known since shoot 2003, 2004. Okay. You know, so it's literally a continuum and us kind of kicking it when, once I moved and staying connected, but then turning into me taking several trips out there over the past few years. To nurture this new lifestyle brand, so yeah, that's that's something that definitely I would say is the continuum of that era.
0: Okay, no doubt. So, so Sa, can you break that down a little bit? Because I, I, I admittedly don't know about the, I guess the, the gamut or what what water the plants is exactly about. Like I, I see bits and pieces from you and count, and it. it, it you, you say life, yeah. lifestyle brand but like like label videos like what what's the
2: exactly
0: what's the it's, deal it's the
2: lifestyle so all inclusive i mean the best way to, to to describe why we would call it a lifestyle brand is just i feel that labels the traditional label model doesn't exist the same way anymore you Absolutely know to just not. say yo i'm a you know put out these records and just pump these records and kind of move like we did you know late 90s early 2000s mm-hmm. it's a different time so I feel like it's more geared towards content is king so develop a lot of content get into the visuals get into events get into building community you know so we attach some apparel to it we attach event planning and building on events we attached. Uh, The visual aspect, you'll see a lot of comedy skits, you'll see short videos or short films, I should say. You'll see a lot of music videos and teasers and things like that. And it's really just connecting with key people that we want to work with personally and cross-promoting scenarios. So it's like using content, using apparel, using events and all other things that's a part of the lifestyle to live the art life and continually do business with people that we feel great about.
3: Like,
1: Yo, si.
2: D, like J roll.
1: Yeah. So si, I was, I was just about to bring that up. Y'all Yo, hear you don't shoot on nothing but red cameras out in LA, man. What's, <laughs> what's, what's the, Yo, what's man, the gangster what shit it's on like
2: that? It, it's a, it's a, um, It's a solid, solid situation.
1: (laughs) I believe it. It's
2: a solid situation in the sense where it's like when you built up, you know, you built up this monster team that believes in the movement. It's like, yeah, of course, that quality comes at a price. Yeah. But with a team of folks believing in the movement, that price is not what it would cost Joe Schmo. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So it's like people collaboratively working together to make these brilliant things happen at a cost that we can actually handle, yeah you know, so right that's something that we you know we take a lot of pride in we want yeah. it to look you know we want it to look like a million bucks, yeah, so that man, people see the visuals and people see what we're doing, they take it seriously right from the gate,
3: yeah,
1: you
2: know, and I feel like yeah that's that's been something
1: that we've been doing on purpose. And that's how that's how you get footage of a count based D skateboarding down a hallway in a fitted suit with some fresh
0: drinking Hennessy. Yeah,
1: drinking Hennessy and all of that. <laughs> I I love it. I love it, man. That was that was something of the best. Yo, we gave yeah, count we gave count so much shit behind that footage. It was crazy. Cuz cuz the suit was like almost too tight on him, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt,
2: no doubt. <laughs> However,
1: well, nah, the suit was the suit was actually high water, milk. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yo, me and Pocket, me yeah. and DJ Pocket was killing count that night uh, when he when he played us that footage. Man, we was wildin', But the uh, the other footage, I uh-huh. the other footage. On, yeah, you good? In, I
2: just jumped into this uh cab. You good?
1: You Do your thing. Uh, And was, and how did you get a cab to pick you up? What's what's um, going on in New York? Um,
2: yeah, you know, that's how you watch that you watch that Knicks hat in front of the garden, you know,
1: and they'll stop. That's what it is. Yeah,
2: right. They're like oh, he's he's harmless. He's a fan.
1: Yeah, he might be a point guard. He's like,
2: oh man, I thought you was a rapper. You know? <laughs> So,
1: yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we was uh, no, we, we was definitely, like we living, was definitely messing with Count about that footage, man. But the uh, the footage in the in the in the apartment or whatever with the with 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 the blonde chick was <laughs> was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? Like,
2: yo, when we go out there, it's like me and Count laugh at it a lot, but we just find ourselves in these. Like, compromising crazy situations. <laughs> like, you know, how did it. It this happen? Yeah. And even with that, she wasn't even supposed to be in it. She was it's long backstory, but she's the makeup artist. Okay. And the chick who was actually in her position didn't show because she got sick. Okay. So this was that was like a quick last minute fix.
1: Oh,
0: that was dope. Yeah, you know, I gotta tell you that one. worked it always It you know, worked it out.
2: Like
1: yeah. I
0: mean, we're out there. yeah. When when I woke up, whatever morning that was, when the cover for uh,
1: yeah
2: they got to the count base too, countin' yeah. no. around with this instantly new.
1: Yo, he was just out was your bad. way, right? He was just out. Uh, well, now nah, you in you in New York right now, but he's out. He's out west right now.
2: Yeah, he's out west. Yeah, yeah so he was just in L.A. They did a dope event out there. I was supposed to be there, but I stayed because I got booked for that X-Clan twenty five year yeah. anniversary okay. same day.
0: Yeah, I guess that's probably that change, worth staying. Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah, worth staying man, around you know. for. Yeah,
2: had to be a, <laughs> had to be a part of that history. That Hell was yeah, tonight, man.
1: Twenty five so, years yeah, of X Clan. Wow, peace. How'd, yeah, how'd you get? How'd you get roped into that?
0: How'd you get roped into that? Uh, Sorry.
2: You know, it's funny, um, L.A. Man. When I lived in L.A., how I met Brother Jay. Same place that I told you that I first went out there and, you know, got to that spot and kind of got linked into the hip-hop scene out there. Out
1: in Park. Park? Leimert Park.
2: Um, Leimert Park. Yeah. Brother Jay, I heard he was filming, like, a cable TV show. So I lived up the street from there at the time. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to go out there, you know, check out Brother Jay. I never met the brother, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm out there. Before I even get to meet Brother Jay, who I thought I'd never met, he comes up, he's like, yo, Si, what up, man? You rhyme, right? And I'm looking like, oh, shit. I'm still trying to think, how did we meet? And how do you know who I am? <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I'm Ron Wow, What's up? He's like, yo, man, I'm having this 16-bar challenge, and I need one more MC. I could throw you down on that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, let's do it. You know, because you can't say no to Brother J. Nah, nah. I wound, up winning. I wound up winning the whole joint. And yeah, <laughs> we were just connected from that point. That's on. what's it's up. Like, even... Even up into this show, you know, I haven't seen Brother Jay in years, and you know, he showed massive amount of love. That's dope. I feel like that connection, you know, and just my peeps on this side running it by him, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yep.
1: So yeah, that
2: was uh, another that was
1: cool. another but note. Another note, ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to get this man. You don't want to give him the mic. Um, <laughs> if you do, you're not gonna want it back. <laughs> So that's Learn. that's just just be warned on that. This this man is a monster on all mics. I, I've seen it personally. Appreciate it. Man. Um, I'm, I've been on records with him that I probably shouldn't have been on uh this man damages mics in a way that um that i haven't seen anybody else do so i just want to put that disclaimer out there yeah
0: well
1: that yeah so
0: so jr yeah, you've you, you been on your uh you've you been on your produ- uh, producer uh beat making kind of hat here late as of late right yeah what's up with that
2: you know what's
0: interesting
2: so so john it's like the beat making started out there when we lived right. there. We had all this time to like experiment. That's when, you know, we had the ASR 10, we had the ASR X pros. And yeah. We got an MPC and, you yeah. know, we were experimenting with all these things, but I felt like at the time, four wins just got so into it and so advanced. We kind of just started to sit back and say, Oh, so nasty happen. motherfucker
0: right there. <laughs> bro. Oh Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Whoa. we kind of chill for a while. And then beats for me turned into when I'm not writing late nights or not creating in that way. I'm just making beats just because I can and I want to nurture it. And I kind of like how it feels creatively to make these beats late at night.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. access and is a different part, part of the brain, right? Me
2: collecting these joints. And then eventually I said, yo, I'm going to start playing my beats and getting more into it and taking it to an even further level of you know, getting it to a point where I'm producing people just from my own visions and my own ideas. So that's what's going on now. It's really just getting back into the beats and nurturing it to producing records level.
1: so si, what's your you weapon know? of choice? Yeah. What's your weapon of choice as far as making beats go?
2: Um, these days, I still, I held on to my 1,000, my MPC 1,000. Um... I recently bought an SP-404, make these little crazy lo-fi beats, and I've been using Ableton Live, too.
0: Okay. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So what's the click you're a yeah. part of now, too, Cy? Pushing Buttons Collective, is that right? Did I say that right?
2: Yes, exactly. Pushing what? Buttons Collective, Peace to the Collective, Pays Infinite, DJI Truth, Beats. Um, really, it's... I remember hearing... A good friend of mine, you know, jokingly, but kind of serious, say years ago, like, yo, man, we got so many ideas. You know what I'm going to start doing, G? I'm going to just do everything. And one of those things is going to work. And (laughs) I kind of like, for real, I made that a part of my life where it's like, not that I feel like I'm doing a bunch of stuff to try to get this one thing to work. It's more of me just exercising different avenues to stay motivated. Yeah. And keep things going. And you know, I feel like with the beats, that's something that is an, an important chamber for me right now. So I felt like the best way to keep me motivated and keep that going is yo, have a have a little um breakfast club for lack of a better expression, where yo, we get together every now and then and our whole thing is we beat, we cipher with beats. There is mm-hmm. no lines. We cipher okay. with beats. So now knowing that we're getting together this month, I'm spending, you know, two, three weeks only just making beats to make sure I have enough new stuff to play. Okay. You know, because I know that the other brothers are going to bring that to the table. And it's just really nurturing and inspiring the beat making and just really playing our parts because I enjoy the beat Scenario that's going on just worldwide right yeah, now. like yeah. you know this whole instrumental beat thing is yeah, it's a great time, heavy and huge. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I'm a fan of it. So it's just really me playing my part in it and creating a platform to be
1: involved. That's dope, I So you you basically still growing within the culture, man. That's and and as yeah, long man, as you've been yeah. a part of it, you there's yeah, still that's some no room to grow, thing. man. That's dope.
2: Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I I would say I probably should be better at, you know, because I'm around a lot of people. It's funny, I'm around so many young people who, when they build with me, I could tell they build with me like I'm just getting started, like literally. Like I'm pushing the buttons and this is my first scenario of making music. And I giggle sometimes because I'm like I should probably get better at just when I'm around, especially younger people, letting them know like, yo, there's a whole history of music that I've been involved in before this point and share it more. I'm so humble with that stuff sometimes. There's people who've known me for the last yeah. five years who just yeah. are figuring out, like, damn, you got records? What? Right? Yo, but that's you know, that's
1: I, I would say if, if 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 anything I could say about that, just just keep doing what you're doing because it's it's a greater appreciation for you. When they finally all right. figure it out, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a lot yeah, of dudes right. that 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 wear their history on their chest and yeah, just be yeah. like, "Man, do you know yeah. who I am?" and all this, yeah. blah, blah. I've done this, this, and this. I don't, and I don't ever see you being that dude. You know what I mean? Just uh, it's yeah, it's uh, sure. i I I'm pretty sure it's a pleasant surprise when they finally figure it all out. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool because a lot
2: of times they're just like, you know. Of course, the first
1: thing I hear is "Yo, you know MF Doom? What? Wow. You know, and, <laughs> right? Yeah, that takes us to a whole another. Yeah, issue. that's yeah. All, some old other yeah. shit right there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, Definitely. hey, hey si, So, speaking of Breakfast Clubs, you're kind of leading us to water here. But uh, what's up with this podcast? I see you just you just jumped off the epic. Yeah. Epic, epic brunch. brunch. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah.
1: Oh and shit! We got a competition out here. Yeah, now. We, <laughs> is it is we it beef start right now? Yeah,
0: we got to yeah, we got yeah, to start cooking beef. <laughs> nah, literally, at my, at literally, front,
2: it's, it's literally. <laughs> so, so, the last four years, the last four years, I've been living the the vegan style life, you know, um, but what? not just living it like actually nurturing myself to get really good at preparing meals and cooking, you know, vegan style. Plant-based so, meals, and you know, shoot, mastering the art of making vegetables taste like Thanksgiving in mm-hmm. one touch.
0: So, sorry, why so. did you? What um, what will push you over the edge to go vegan?
2: Um, you know what? I I did a fast. I did a juice fast. Just because I wanted to cleanse, and you know, I said, you know what? I'm gonna just go in and drink green juice as my meals for the next three or four days. And after I got to the fourth day, I felt so much energy. I went seven. Seven turned to two weeks. Two weeks turned to 30 days. Mm. After that 30 days, I just didn't have the desire to eat meat.
1: To go back And
2: I felt like when I tried to eat dairy and cheese again, it just never agreed with me the same way. Like, Mm. even to this day. I love cheese. I can't eat it. And Mm. and the thing that just kind of... Naturally grew. It was an organic change, you know. And I didn't fight it. And it's been four years now. And yeah, I don't crave meat. I don't necessarily crave any of that.
0: So you did. You did, know, you did just, thirty days of juicing.
2: Thirty days of juicing. Yeah,
0: that's it. That was your diet. And
2: the inspiration for that though was I was thinking about doing this juice fast and. I was talking to Jay Live randomly on the phone and he's like, Yo, you know what's crazy? You you thinking about doing this for real? I was like, Yeah, he was like, I'm on day ten right now. I was like, What? He's like I was like, Day ten? He was like, Yes, day ten. I've been drinking juice for ten days. That's it. I was like, yo, that's nuts. Wow. I wow. he
3: was like,
2: yeah, I feel like I he's like, I could feel like I could pull my thoughts out the sky in slow motion. Wow. Like, that my mind is so sharp. I feel amazing. Wow. Interesting. Having that conversation when I hung up the phone, that was all the inspiration I needed. It was like, yo, I'm doing it. Wow. And when I started to feel the results and feel good and feel energized, it was just like, yo, man, this is for me.
0: So, Si, if someone wants to juice, where do you start? Like, let, let, let let's say let's say that's, this podcast that's a great is question yeah so if if, yeah. if this if this is the turning point or the or the or push the push someone over the cliff moment for doing something like this yeah. where do you go
2: um I feel like I would start personally by empowering yourself with information like I would watch a documentary i would i would see some sort of, sort of information and like live vicariously. Through another person's situation, just to give yourself perspective. Um, A good one is, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of this one particularly, I'm thinking of.
0: Well, you mean like Food Inc., like all the crazy. um...
2: Yeah, but there's one in particular. um, It'll come to me, but that. I haven't watched those.
0: I'm scared to watch those.
2: Empowering yourself, giving yourself perspective. (laughs) Once you have that know. perspective, then it's really about coming up with juice recipes of veg- fruit and vegetable combinations Combination, that you actually yeah. like, yeah. you know, because the thing is, in juicing, if you don't like it, you're not going to do it. You know, you have to right. like the taste.
1: Yeah, it's you very to, experimental, you know, it
2: right? Yeah, and I feel like the best way to do that is finding the ill recipes. You know, if you're yeah. making a green juice and it has kale, you know, kale spinach, uh, cucumbers and celery to sweeten it, throw some green apple in there. Or maybe even right. sneak a little pineapple in there to give it that sweet flavor or a banana or something. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's about the combination.
0: Yeah. So so the, the the juicing led to being vegan okay. led led to you starting a podcast about cooking vegan. No, you're going to
2: make a mess just... Wait, say that one more time. I'm sorry.
0: No, you good. So, so, so this all led to you starting this podcast, basically juicing to. Yeah,
2: so, yeah. So the podcast really started from, um, there's another podcast that a friend of mine, Will Miles, who's a comedian and a writer here in New York, um, him and his girlfriend do a podcast called hopefully we don't break up and me and my lady were (laughs) guests on that podcast about a month ago and we had so much fun just sharing our story you know because me and my lady we have a pretty ill story of how we met like we met four years before we met again you know and wow it was um it was cool sharing the story and we had so much fun I remember going home that night and kind of like kicking it, and it's like, "Oh man, we should start a podcast." She's like, Are "You serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." And she's like, "When?" I was like, "Tomorrow," you know, like. <laughs> and literally, the next day, went to B and H Photo, bought some mics, and got the little equipment we needed, and we did a test, just a little intro test. And we said, "Yo, if we put this out here and at least a hundred people listen, then we'll do it." you know and we did and yo peeps gravitated to it and started listening and we decided like this is because that's something we do anyway on Sundays. Right, we right right cook cook what we would call an epic brunch and we might have people over and we're kicking it having a conversation like we are right now so it was something that kind of just we were inspired from visiting another podcast
0: that's dope so so yeah. so, so I, si, just,
2: I like the platform. I like the podcast platform. I feel like it's
0: it's really powerful. Oh man, it's it it's liberated um, Meeks and I's life in a number of ways. Sai, I don't want to yeah. do nothing
1: else, man. Yeah, that's, what's up. <laughs> that's just no, that's,
0: what's up. that's just crazy.
1: That's just crazy. Yo, Sai, si, you um you doing something else, uh media wise? Uh, um. And uh, it was Physical good. Caffeine. Yeah, it was good seeing you at uh, a three C this past year. Um, that was a hell of a night yeah. out there in front of five two nine man, Moni Love, Heresy, uh, the Sister Star was out there. You was out there. Uh, saw you recording a cipher and everything. Uh, talk about that, man. Yeah. Well, that was. I
2: mean. That was us really um, going through A, three C, to network, build, bring some presents, um, and really just gain and grab some content to kind of cross promote with, build with some folks like influential peeps, Moni Love, DJ Maceo from Dayla, mm-hmm. you know, Gene um, Gray, uh, El Sensei. And Jay Live, Shaban Sadiq, a bunch of heads, all the cats, even some peeps that I didn't know. Yeah, you know, just to kinda like build with different people, bring a presence. But we were running a campaign basically uh asking a lot of people what what are the plants meant to them. And you're gonna see a lot of that that uh content finally unfold now. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm a strong believer in building community, you know, and that's what my movements has taught me. Like when you move to different places and spaces, it's like, it allows you to build community to a point where even in Atlanta right now, it's as much as I'm not there when I do go there, I feel like family,
3: you know,
1: the
2: hospitality is always massive. So I feel, you know, that's what that was about. It's about, yo, let's show up to a three C let me be around fam that I already know, but that's also build community and network with peeps that we don't know. You know?
0: Moni was on the, on one that, that night too, man. Oh, man. She was, oh, she yeah, was, was on. Sure. She was Moni live is, as
1: hell.
2: Moni is um, sharp, man. And that, that was beautiful to see too just because, you know, I haven't necessarily heard Moni rap in forever.
3: hmm You
2: know? So, to actually hear the record, you know, the EP, Heresy Joint, but... Then to see it live, yeah, it's like wow, yeah, because yeah, dope. yeah was ripping heads off that night with the Yeah, lines, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and the it's it's, it's double dope for yeah. me because she's um she's a she's a resident of ATL now. Her and uh her and Ed Lover got yeah, the show yeah, sure. down here on Boom one oh two point nine. on Two Point Nine. Okay. Yeah, what? I actually uh I actually bumped into Ed Lover the other morning, man. Did you really? Yeah, first thing in the morning, oh, yeah. going into the job, man. Um, oh wow! I thought the brother. I, I I think the brother thought I was gonna rob him or something, man. He. Uh, <laughs> oh
3: wow! I didn't, I didn't wow. think
1: I didn't think I ever see Ed Lover kind of shook and just kind of quiet. <laughs> I was just trying to have a conversation with him, and he was like, "Yep, uh, nope, uh, everything's going pretty good." I was like, "All right, Ed, man, well have a good show." <laughs> through trying to talk to you for the morning, man. Maybe Damn. he's not a morning person. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, you know,
3: you should have been like, come on, son. <laughs> yeah. come on. Nah, you that know what I, I really
1: I really wanted to um <laughs> I, mean, I really wanted to get into a conversation with him because um man, without cats like Ed Lover and Dr. Dre and that whole Yo M T V raps movie, man, I really don't think I would be here right yeah, now. No Shit's crazy. Hey, you. you know what I'm saying? You. Like growing up in in Memphis. I could have easily been outside doing some real knucklehead shit, but I was running home every day after school to catch that three o'clock.
0: Yes, sir. At your yeah. M T V
1: raps, man. That shit was real for me. So I, yeah. I I think he I think he realizes that. But uh but yeah, just um just seeing you, you know, last October and and um seeing how you got down yeah. with your with your media, your media skills and um uh, the fact that uh that's it? Yeah. it's it's a big thing I mean,
2: that's it that perspective yeah yo mtv raps yeah that's what showed
1: us hell yeah showed us how to do it you're absolutely right yeah you're absolutely right man
0: definitely so so science on on, on some music shit you you have you have a bunch of shit going on right now as well um you have a new you have a new single out right now featuring science of life produced by count base d you're on the new planet asia and dj concept joint which is incredible uh, funny enough, yeah. I, I ended up talking to J fifty seven on social media this weekend and mentioned that we were interviewing you this uh, uh, this weekend. And he said, "Y'all got Turned some." Down. He said, "Y'all got some shit in the works." So, I mean, on top yeah, of all the so other actually, shit, you
2: produced. Yeah, he produced my new EP, and I'm on his new record. Okay. And that, you know what? It's like I say a line in one of my songs, and it's like when I said it you know, it was like me just talking, but years passed and I'm like, you know what? This is actually for real. You know, where I said something like I'm on a mission to do music like a jazz cat, you know, in a sense where it's like, yo, I want, I want to have so many songs. I don't even really know how many there really are. And that's coming to pass really, you know, it's getting to that point where there's so much music I forget and, I'm in that mode more so because I see that it's for now, but it's really for later, you know. And we can't get so caught up into holding on to the music or not doing music in a certain holistic manner just yeah. because we're trying to be so perfect, you know. Right. I often wonder, like some of the cl- you know, some of the classic joints from before hip hop's time, you know, was. Is John Coltrane thinking like, yo, I'm going to do that horn part over because I got to make sure that the radio is da-da-da-da. Nah, a lot of times they were using their talents and expressions, splashing on that canvas and keeping it moving. Yeah. On to the next,
1: you I was know? About to say it, Coltrane wasn't doing no retakes. Hell no. <laughs>
2: exactly. Hell exactly. No. <laughs> that's my point. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, you go with it and... That's, that's where my mind is in making it. So I want to be prolific. I want to be a part of it. And on a collaboration level, I got one golden rule. I mean, if I dig the vibe of the music and I'm digging the person that's involved, let's go. You know, it's not really that complicated with me because I like to work with different people. But even more so, yo, if I'm digging the situation and the energy's good, it's easy to make it happen.
0: That's what's up. No doubt, as the honorable count base D would say, it's all about that catalog too. Just make sure you get that publishing exactly. right. Hell yeah. Right? It's about that catalog exactly. too, man, right? It's that body of work.
2: Exactly. That activity. You ain't yeah. got no exactly.
0: activity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? Absolutely. activity. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.
2: So so, so, so playing around.
0: No doubt. <laughs> So so side to to put a to put I g uh, I guess a, a a big red shiny bow on this thing. What what do we um what can we see coming in the rest of 2016 from you man? Like what's around the corner?
2: Yeah, so so the rest of 2016 definitely um see some music floating around not necessarily um Album projects, just because I feel like the climate right now is more geared towards EPs and small doses of the music. So definitely expect the Water to Plant EP and on the twenty second. um Got a bunch of music with AG from DITC that we haven't released yet. That oh be shit! Released in a series of EPs.
0: Yeah, what, what's up with um, that? What's up with that? Can you expand on that a little bit? So yeah,
2: that's. Yeah, so me me and um AG met actually like 2012. He hit me up via social media cuz his partner uh, Ray West
3: uh, Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: 95. yeah. yeah. So Ray West, I guess when him and AG would link up, go to the studio, whatever, he would be playing the music sometimes in his car and Putting AG on to some of the catalog, and then one day A asked him about it, and he was like, oh, man, Jr., you should hit him up on social media. He seemed like a cool cat. So A hit me up, and we wound up linking in the studio just to build. But that building session turned into three songs. Oh you know? shit! So <laughs> we linked up again. There was like three more records. And Damn! We thought, oh shit! We got an EP, and then we started making you know, more effort to actually build a body of music. And now we have, I don't know, probably about 15, 16 records together. And oh, my God. We're, we're now nurturing just, yeah, like dosages of uh, probably be about four EPs that will drop from that.
1: Yo, you wow. di- you, well, di- right you DITC right now. Yeah man. Honorary. (laughs) word that's what's up. I take it. I take (laughs) it.
0: Wow.
1: So when the next time you in town, man. Um
2: I'm
1: aiming for June,
2: July. Late June, July.
1: Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. well, We got to link up, man. Definitely, man. Um, I think we're taking enough of your time, man. Absolutely. Sorry, the Knicks yeah, lost so- tonight. Sorry,
2: I was, um, yeah, sorry, I was on the run. I mean,
1: on the run, oh, good. Nah, we know how know you get if, down. I don't know if
2: it was too much noise and all that. So nah, yeah.
1: man. nah, man, we. We know how you get down, B. It's all good, man.
0: Well, (laughs) funny enough, uh, the the Sean Price interview and the Bernadette Price interview both had mad sirens throughout the whole fucking thing. Hell yeah! So you know, (laughs) Brooklyn, (laughs) Brownsville. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: for sure. Hell yeah! Nah, it's all good, man. So, so Sai,
0: where where can the people go to uh, support support you? Where should they go? Um, they should
2: go to. The John Robinson Project dot com or social media at Who is Jr. All right. Yeah. They
0: like can cop music, merchandise, all that good shit there, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. And on the band campers. You could definitely find me on Bandcamp.
0: That's
2: one of the uh I guess yeah, that's one of the stores that's been popping for me more recently.
3: Okay. They get right. more
2: into the band camp situation. I like how they uh they cater to the artists. They make sure that we stay relevant and focused on the trending changes.
1: Yeah. It is a pretty good look. We just got seven dollars last yeah, week. Yeah, I was
0: getting ready to say, but after after after, after the PayPal and the Bandcamp cut, I think we just got five dollars and fifty four cents. Five dollars and fifty
1: four cents for yo, homie. I need my cut. I need my cut too, man. Go. <laughs> you know what? I need my two twenty seven, man. You know what?
0: SoundCloud uh, got that money before I before we even got it. <laughs> hey,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know that it.
0: SoundCloud Pro account man five dollars and fifty four cents a, a, a pop man actually, that was actually a pretty good day for us man. man usually usually it's somebody buying like one song
1: man that ain't shit it's <laughs> not <laughs> so good talking to you bro man uh, definitely when you get out here man get at us man we gotta link up yeah, catch up you know what I'm saying yeah
2: no doubt drink no some doubt. juice no. or whatever no. Yeah, peace, peace to y'all, man. Thanks for having me. Peace yeah, to you, absolutely.
1: man. Y'all have a good evening. Yeah. All right.
0: Thank you for coming through in the clutch. Right, yeah. we really appreciate it. Hang on for a
1: minute. We're gonna wrap this yeah, up. Yeah.
0: Hang on for a minute, sir. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. All right, Mister. M- this doesn't even feel like an interview.
1: Nah. This was a. Just, this was catching up with one of our peoples, man. You know what I'm saying? So I hope y'all check this interview out and 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 love it for what it is. You, you know? know what's
0: dope about these is that you you end up like uh, you know when, when you have somebody like family on the horn with you or in studio, if they're here, yeah. you end up, you know, having conversations that you might not normally have. Yeah. Yeah. Just being around one another, you yeah. know, because it just, the opportunity never comes up or you're at a show or you're on some music shit or you're doing whatever. So it's always interesting to see what you find out about people, even no if doubt. you've known them for how, 15, how 20 yeah, years. You yeah, know? exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, it was a, uh, it was, it was a good night. Hell so yeah, All right, so you know what it is? This is Southern Vanguard Radio.
1: We are the Southern Vanguard.
0: DJ John Doe.
1: Cappuccino Meeks.
0: iTunes, Mixcloud, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud. Share it, like it, follow it, subscribe it every Tuesday, every Thursday. Yeah. The best podcast you haven't heard of. Spread the word. Nothing but the
1: fly shit. Peace. Peace.